The Raven by Edgar Allan Poe Once upon a midnight dreary, while I pondered weak and weary, over many a quaint and curious volume of forgotten lore, while I nodded, nearly napping, suddenly there came a tapping, as of someone gently rapping, rapping at my chamber door. "'Tis some visitor,' I muttered, tapping at my chamber door, only this and nothing more. Ah, distinctly I remember, it was in the bleak December, and each separate dying ember wrought its ghost upon the floor. Eagerly I wished the morrow, vainly I had sought to borrow from my books surcease of sorrow, sorrow for the lost Lenore, for the rare and radiant maiden whom the angels name Lenore, nameless here for evermore. And the silken sad uncertain rustling of each purple curtain thrilled me, filled me with fantastic terrors never felt before. So that now to still the beating of my heart I stood repeating, "'Tis some visitor entreating entrance at my chamber door, some late visitor entreating entrance at my chamber door. This is it, and nothing more. Presently my soul grew stronger, hesitating then no longer. Sir, said I, or madam, truly your forgiveness I implore. But the fact is I was napping, and so gently you came rapping, and so faintly you came tapping, tapping at my chamber door, that I scarce was sure I heard you. Here I opened wide the door. Darkness there, and nothing more. Deep into that darkness peering, long I stood there, wandering, fearing, doubting, dreaming, dreams no mortal ever dared to dream before. But the silence was unbroken, and the stillness gave no token and the only word there spoken was the whispered word, Lenore? This I whispered, and an echo murmured back the word, Lenore! Merely this, and nothing more. Back into the chamber turning, all my soul within me burning, soon I heard again a tapping somewhat louder than before. Surely, said I, surely that is something at my window lattice. Let me see, then, what thereat is, and this mystery explore. Let my heart be still a moment, and this mystery explore. Tis the wind, and nothing more. Open here I flung the shutter, when, with many a flirt and flutter, in there stepped a stately raven of the saintly days of yore. Not the least obeisance made he, not a minute stopped or stayed he, but with mine of lord or lady, perched, above my chamber door, perched upon a bust of palace just above my chamber door, perched and sat, and nothing more. Then this ebony bird beguiling my sad fancy into smiling by the grave and stern decorum of the countenance it wore. Though thy crest be shorn and shaven, thou, I said, art sure no craven, ghastly grim and ancient raven wandering from the nightly shore. Tell me what thy lordly name is on the night's plutonian shore, quoth the raven. Nevermore. Much I marveled this ungainly fowl to hear discourse so plainly, though its answer little meaning little relevancy bore. For we cannot help agreeing that no living human being ever yet was blessed with seeing bird above his chamber door, bird or beast upon the sculpted bust above his chamber door, with such name as Nevermore. But the raven, sitting lonely, on the placid bust spoke only, that one word, as if his soul in that one word he did outpour. Nothing further than he uttered, not a feather than he fluttered, till I scarcely more than muttered, other friends have flown before. On the morrow he will leave me, as my hopes have flown before. Then the bird said, 
nevermore. Startled at the stillness broken by reply so aptly spoken, doubtless, said I, what it utters is its only stock and store, caught from some unhappy master whom unmerciful disaster followed fast and followed faster till his songs one burden bore, till the dirges of his hope that melancholy burden bore of never, nevermore. But the raven still beguiling my sad fancy into smiling, straight I wheeled a cushioned seat in front of bird and bust and door. Then, upon the velvet sinking, I betook myself to linking, fancy unto fancy, thinking what this ominous bird of yore, what this bird, ungainly, ghastly, gaunt, and ominous bird of yore, meant in croaking, nevermore. This I sat engaged in guessing, but no syllable expressing, to the fowl whose fiery eyes now burned into my bosom's core. This and more I sat divining with my head at ease, reclining on the cushion's velvet lining that the lamplight gloated o'er, but those velvet violet lining with the lamplight gloating o'er, she shall press, ah, nevermore. Then, methought, the air grew denser, perfumed from an unseen censer, swung by seraphim whose footfalls tinkled on the tufted floor. Wretch, I cried, thy God hath lent thee. By these angels he hath sent thee. Respite, respite, and nepenthe from thy memories of Lenore. Quaff, O oh, quaff this kind nepenthe, and forget this lost Lenore. Quoth the raven, nevermore. Prophet, said I, thing of evil, prophet still if bird or devil, whether tempter sent or whether tempest tossed thee here ashore, desolate yet, all undaunted, on this desert land enchanted, on this home by horror haunted, tell me truly, I implore, is there, is there balm in Gilead? Tell me, tell me, I implore, quoth the raven, nevermore. Prophet, said I, thing of evil, prophet still if bird or devil, by that heaven that bends above us, by that God we both adore. Tell this soul with sorrow laden, if within the distant Aden it shall clasp a sainted maiden, whom the angels name Lenore. Clasp a rare and radiant maiden, who the angels name Lenore. Quoth the raven, Nevermore. Be that word our sign of parting, bird or fiend, I shrieked upstarting, get thee back into the tempest and the night's plutonian shore. Leave no black plume as a token of that lie thy soul hath spoken. Leave my loneliness unbroken. Quit the bust above my door. Take thy beak from out my heart, and take thy form from off my door. Quoth the raven, Nevermore. And the raven, never flitting, still is sitting, still is sitting, on the pallid bust of Pallas just above my chamber door and his eyes have all the seeming of a demon's that is dreaming, and the lamplight o'er him streaming throws his shadow on the floor, and my soul from out that shadow that lies floating on the floor shall be lifted nevermore. Dreamland by Edgar Allan Poe By a route obscure and lonely, haunted by ill angels only, where an Eidolon named Night on a black throne reigns upright. I have reached these lands but newly, from an ultimate dim tule, from a wild clime that lieth sublime, out of space, out of time. 
bottomless vales and boundless floods and chasms and caves and titan woods with forms that no man can discover for the tears that drip all over mountains toppling evermore into seas without a shore seas that restlessly aspire surging unto skies of fire lakes that endlessly outspread their lone waters lone and dead their still waters still and chilly with the snows of the lolling lily by the lakes that thus outspread their lone waters lone and dead their sad waters sad and chilly with the snows of the lolling lily by the mountains near the river murmuring lowly murmuring ever by the grey woods by the swamp where the toad and newt encomp by the dismal tarns and pools where dwell the ghouls by each spot the most unholy in each nook most melancholy there the traveller meets aghast sheeted memories of the past shrouded forms that start and sigh as they pass the wanderer by white-robed forms of friends long given in agony to the earth and heaven for the heart whose woes are legion tis a peaceful soothing region for the spirit that walks in shadow tis oh tis an el dorado but the traveller travelling through it may not dare not openly view it never its mysteries are explored to the weak human eye unclosed so wills its king who hath forbid the uplifting of the fringed lid and thus the sad soul that here passes beholds it but through darkened glasses by a root obscure and lonely haunted by ill angels only where an eidolon named night on a black throne reigns upright i have wandered home but newly from this ultimate dim tule the sleeper by edgar allan poe at midnight in the month of june i stand beneath the mystic moon an opiate vapor dewy dim exhales from out her golden rim and softly dripping drop by drop upon the quiet mountain-top steals drowsily and musically into the universal valley the rosemary nods upon the grave the lily lolls upon the wave wrapping the fog about its breast the ruin moulders into rest looking like lathe see the lake a conscious slumber seems to take and would not for the world awake all beauty sleeps and lo where lies her easement open to the skies irene with her destinies o lady bright can it be right this window open to the night the wanton airs from the treetop laughingly through the lattice drop the bodiless airs a wizard rout filt through thy chamber in and out and wave the curtain canopy so fitfully so fearfully above the closed and fringed lid neath which thy slumbering soul lies hid that o'er the floor and down the wall like ghosts the shadows rise and fall o lady dear hast thou no fear why and what art thou dreaming here sure thou art come per far-off seas a wonder to these garden trees strange is thy pallor strange is thy dress strange above all thy length of tress and this all solemn silentness the lady sleeps oh may her sleep which is enduring so be deep heaven have her in its sacred keep this chamber changed for one more holy this bed for one more melancholy i pray to god that she may lie for ever with unopened eye while dim the sheeted ghosts go by
my love, she sleeps. Oh, may her sleep, as it is lasting, so be deep. Soft may the worms around her creep. Far in the forest, dim and old, for her may some tall vault unfold, some vault that oft hath flung its black and winged panels fluttering back. Triumphant o'er the crested palls of her grand family funerals, some sepulchre remote alone against whose portal she hath thrown. In childhood many an idle stone, some tomb from out whose sounding door she ne'er shall force an echo more, thrilling to think, poor child of sin, it was the dead who groaned within. A Dream Within a Dream by Edgar Allan Poe Take this kiss upon the brow, and in parting from you now, thus much let me avow. You are not wrong, who deem, that my days have been a dream. Yet if hope has flown away, in a night or in a day, in a vision or in none, it is therefore the less gone. All that we see or seem is but a dream within a dream. I stand amid the roar of a surf-tormented shore, and I hold within my hand grains of the golden sand. How few, yet how they creep, through my fingers to the deep. While I weep, while I weep, O oh God, can I not grasp them with a tighter clasp? O oh God, can I not save one from the pitiless wave? Is all that we see or seem but a dream within a dream? O oh, that my young life were a lasting dream, my spirit not awakening till the beam of an eternity should bring the morrow, yes, though that long dream were of hopeless sorrow. T'were better than the cold reality of waking life to him whose heart must be, and hath been still upon the lovely earth a chaos of deep passion from his birth. But should it be that dream eternally, continuing as dreams have been to me? In my young boyhood, should it thus be given, t'were folly still to hope for higher heaven. For I have reveled when the sun was bright in the summer sky in dreams of living light. And loveliness have left my very heart in climes of mine imagining apart. From mine own home with beings that have been of mine own thought, what more could I have seen? T'was once and only once, and the wild hour from my remembrance shall not pass some power. Or spell had bound me, t'was the chilly wind came o'er me in the night and left behind. Its image on my spirit o'er the moon shone on my slumbers in her lofty noon. Too coldly o'er the stars, howe'er it was, that dream was as that night wind. Let it pass. I have been happy, though, but in a dream. I have been happy, and I love the theme. Dreams, in their vivid coloring of life, as in that fleeting, shadowing, misty strife, of semblance with reality which brings to the delirious eye more lovely things, of paradise and love and all our own than young hope in its sunniest hour hath known. <laughs>